Hello everyone, welcome to another episode of Web America with Frank. Thank you for joining me. In this episode, I'll talk about um, the current state of politics, but also um, as the foundation of this podcast was about the society, how we got to where we are and where we're going in the future and just how we could be a better society. It's good to talk about governance. And um, for this episode, um, I asked a question for this particular year and this particular um Tim, can Democrats govern? Because at the end of the day, regardless of the politics around us, and we know politics affect policy, and policy affect our ways of life. So government say you gotta pay twenty percent in tax, that's gonna affect how you spend. So you gotta pay forty, affect how you spend. So you gotta pay ten, give you some rebates, affect how you live your life. Free college, all those things, the policy, cheaper health care, new roads, better education. Um, safety car regulations, all those things come from policy, which is affected by politics, which is, you know, run by politicians. And that's just the way society is made up pretty much all of time. So um, the question I'm pondering today is, can Democrats govern? Because it's their chance to govern. And when Republicans govern, we'll say, can Republicans govern? And let's see how that can make our society better. So um, some of the challenges facing, I guess, the society today will be, um, one will be called a debt ceiling. Um, the thing with that is, uh, it it debt ceiling is about the government basically authorizing payments for the costs that's already made. So if the government spend a billion, it borrows a billion to spend on a billion dollar water project. I guess every year or every five years or every ten years, whatever the case may be, it just um, votes on covering the steps, right? Um. Right now, um, the Democrats are in charge of the House. They are in charge of the Senate, although they cannot do a lot of things in the Senate without, you know, abolishing the filibuster, making carve-outs in the filibuster. They need at least 10 Republicans to get certain legislation passed in the Senate. Reconciliation is a process where you don't need the Senate, et cetera, et cetera, et cetera. The House, different rule. You just need a majority rule. However, one of the challenges facing Democrats today and um, the reason why we want to understand about governorship and um, what it means to govern, you know, good governance, which is what we expect from our leaders. We don't always get that, but, uh, you know, we vote them, we'll pay them forever. Um, but <laughs> the debt ceiling is a situation where um, it's a vote that's supposed to happen before October 18th of this year. Democrats in the House already voted for it. It's going to, um, it's in the Senate. It's been blocked um, once now, it's going to be blocked again, probably again, and it's going to be blocked again. And the reason um, the opposing party, which is the minority party, the Republican Party, is doing this is basically this is a political scheme, right? This is, although Democrats voted to raise um, the debt ceiling to help cover the cost of prison administration, yes, the Trump administration and administrations before, Republicans are saying, we are not going to do this for you. And there was no logical reason for this. They're saying it's going to raise the debt and this Democrat out of control spending and all the other bullshit to say. It's, there's no truth behind that. It's money has already been spent. It's already been accounted for. This is just a vote. This is just procedural. Like, the one is treasury could fix this without a Congress. So the reason the Republicans are doing this or the reason they're blocking this attempt to vote for the debt ceiling is three things they're hoping to get from this, right? Um, at least my observation. One would be if you can make Democrats look like big spenders, of course, Democrats are trying to spend money through reconciliation, but that has absolutely not a damn thing to do with the debt ceiling. But if Republicans can tr- 
try to find a way to conflict the two, whether or not it's true, Republicans are good at messaging, right? They're good at saying, Democrats are spending too wildly, that's why we will not vote for this. Although this has nothing to do with their spending, it has to do more with the previous administration's spending. And um, they're hoping that they could rile up the base, they could get more votes, Democrats could look irresponsible. Another thing too is they could create a crisis situation. So if Democrats are going to pay for, um, the, if the, the debt ceiling is not raised and the vote never comes true, and Democrats do not find an alternative solution, it creates a problem in the financial markets because um, the government borrows money from the private market, obviously, and we could talk about that down the road, how that works and how that's not always good for the economy, but it is what it is, is how the system works, and there isn't, there's very little we could do about it. But um, So the financial markets see this happening, and they overreact. So interest rate might go up indirectly due to this. Um, there might be just less capital flow in the, in the society. So the, the Republicans hope that if they could create a crisis, even if it's temporary, it could limit Democrats' chances in the future to win seats. It could make them look bad. And um, the third reason, which is you know the, my least favorite one, would be Republicans are a little bit unhappy about Democrats having the House and the Senate and the presidency, and they're just looking for a way to get back at them, which is, again, just pure politics. By the end of the day, um, it does show that, um, you know, the Republicans are more interested in politics, at least as of this particular um, situation, than they are with governance, right? And it's like, how can we win seats next term how can we punish democrats how can we make them look bad whether it's in the media whether it's in the financial sector whether it's um just creating a situation that makes their life very painful and you know the question is can democrats govern can they come together as a body or a governing body and say hey if you would help us with this we will make a carve out in the filibuster and we'll pass this without your help and whatever political cost of that is would eat it but we just need to get society going. We're going to avoid a catastrophe. We're going to avoid the, you know, just the news cycle that could come with that, the negative news cycle. We're going to focus on um, doing what we have to do for the American people because they put us in charge. Yes, we don't have the majority vote, so to speak, in the Senate, but we have the House, we have the presidency, and we have enough leeway inside of the Senate to continue to get things done. And um, that's the thing. Can you govern? Can you? Can Democrats be leaders? You're in charge now. We're not supposed to win Georgia. Georgia is actually a Republican state. I I know a lot of people in Georgia. You kind of got lucky with Georgia to keep that going. The people want to give you a chance. Um. So what are you going to do with that opportunity? With the two senators you got from Georgia, how are you going to um govern beyond the politics? Yes, Republicans are going to keep blocking you on the depth ceiling but what are you going to do about it because at the end of the day the public doesn't care that republicans are blocking you the public cares that the society is getting better because they picked a new leader the society is less divided because they picked a new leader the society is moving forward because they picked a new leader it's not about you know republicans are the stumbling block yes they are but even if democrats were to win five more senate seats next year you still need five more Republican votes, right? So would I, what excuse would you have then? Even if Democrats were to win the House, which they have a high chance of losing, 
even at that, you will still have you know obstacles, and you you need to be able to pass legislation. You need to be able to raise debt ceiling because the people are not trusting you in leadership. You are now the leading party. You are not a party in control. Most people do not understand what the filibuster and you need ten Republicans. Some people don't get it. They're like, we'll give you the majority with Hillary Trump madness. Please do better. And that's what people care about. And um, at the end of the day, that's that's you got to get over the Republican mind games, and you need to be able to govern. And can Democrats govern now that they have the chance? And that's how you get more Senate seats. Actually, you you govern, and people feel confidence in your governance, and then you get more seats. Um, the other challenges the Democrats are facing are a process they're going through is called reconciliation, where they plan on spending. A couple of trillion dollars, 3.5, 2.5, 1.5, whatever. Democrats are going to spend a couple of trillion dollars to um, move America forward um, through providing, um, negotiating health care costs, um, providing free education from, um, pre, I guess, before K-12, so preschool, and um, community college. This is um, an agenda they have um they plan on dealing with some of the climate change crisis we have. I also recently listing that they plan on providing some college funding for HBCUs. And there's just a lot of things in the bills that you know, will not come out until the final text. And they were thinking about solving um, reconciliation through um, um, the, um, solving immigration through reconciliation. I believe there were four things. Um, in my observation, the American society sent Democrat up to the Congress to do. One of that is um, immigration. Um, the way they won the House under Trump was um, because of Pelosi's emphasis on health care and how health care was not being fixed and not going anywhere. And I believe health care was what um, got them there um, through the presidency and um, the House. So you get immigration, you get health care. Um, Obviously, the divide. We wanted to see better and clearer leadership. We had a lot of the um, crap around that. So just just a better form of governance. And the thought of it was just some um, stability. You know, COVID created a lot of instabilities, and um, I would say the division in the Congress with Trump created a lot of um, instability in governance. So I think. Um, Democrats are sent there to fix distance, and immigration is high on that list, and healthcare is high on that list, and um, just you know a better sense of governance and uh, a little bit more stability in the economy and society. So, um, in reconciliation, there are two things that would get stripped out or cut down if Democrats were to. Um, you know, if they were to play into the politics. One of that is being immigration. Um, in the House, part of the reconciliation bill, they have passed immigration reform. Immigration had been something that, I think the last time I spoke to, you know, I guess you call it, in quotes, an old white man, but um, someone who was more of a Republican ideology and you know, upbringing, and um, he highlighted it to me. He said, oh, Frank, we've been working on immigration for 30 years. So it wasn't whether or not he liked or cared about immigration reform. He's just like, just fix the damn problem. It's been 30 years, I'm talking about it. So Democrats were given a referendum to fix it because it obviously was never going to be fixed um, under Trump. And now uh, reconciliation is a process in which they're trying to do that. The Senate parliamentarian was like, no, you can't put it through this um, 
Look, at the end of the day, Senate parliamentarian is not a legislature, is not an elected official. The Senate parliamentarian is not in the Constitution, meaning that they actually cannot make law and they should not have a power to make law or stop law from happening. In fact, that is not their role. They are an advisory panel to the Senate. So if Democrats were to strip immigration from um, the reconciliation bill and then it has no chance to pass in the actual full Senate, the public are not going to say the parliamentarian is why we don't have immigration reform. No, no, no. The American public is going to say Democrats made a promise and they did not fix it. The Republicans are going to run on this. They talked about fixing immigration and they did not fix it. Um, we know the parliamentarian is not, no no one elected, the, the people that elected um, President Biden in House of Reps Pelosi and the Senate with um, Chuck Schumer as the leader, they did not elect the parliamentarian to stop legislation from happening, right? $15 minimum wage, whatever you want to call it, health care, immigration. The Senate parliamentarian is, is rules the Senate made inside of their Senate chambers, and the public just wants solution to problems, and immigration is a problem in American society, and it needs a solution. That's just the truth about that. So can Democrats, in their own somewhat self-delusion about um the public is public is not going to care about a parliamentarian stopping anything because parliamentarian is not a governing body they don't make rules at the end of the day in the reconciliation bill democrats need to figure out a way that they can pass immigration reform because that's something american public basically have been talking about for 30 plus years right and you're now in charge can you govern for healthcare, there's some resistance to healthcare right now. Um, it looks like people in the House that are funded by the healthcare company, but also some in the Senate might want to take away healthcare from the reconciliation bill. And at the end of the day, um, in my observation and what I've seen in American society, the way in which the House was taken back under Trump in 2018 was because the speak the leader. Um, the Honorable from California, Nancy Pelosi. I know people you know, that like her, don't call her Honorable, or blah, blah, blah. At the end of the day, elected official, been there 20 plus years, I have to respect them whether I'm not like their politics or their policies. Um, so the Speaker of the House, Democrats won the House by basically running on health care. And that, that's how they won the House. So you cannot come back and tell Americans that you will not deliver them health care, prescription medication, which would with Medicaid negotiating prescription, which would cut healthcare costs by billions of dollars. But also under this consideration, they were going to let insurance companies be able to also negotiate healthcare costs. So this is a win-win on both sides. And to say that there are some people in two or three people want to block this for the whole Democrat, which is in the hundreds in the House of Reps, and you got 50 in the Senate, and you get, what, 70-plus million votes to get the presidency. You really have to work very hard for that, or 69-plus million. If you don't pass health care, um, you do probably will lose the House. Um, Americans would not be better or healthier. And um, right now, there seems to be a tall resistance to the Democrats' agenda. Um, and two honorable senators, one from um, West Virginia, um, and the order from Arizona, I believe, uh, Mr. Cinema and uh, Mrs. Uh, Mr. Uh, 
Joe Manchin from um, West Virginia, previous governor, and Mr. Cinema was, um, you know, she won a house, I believe, in uh, 16, or um, whenever she won, I forgot. But um, but the thing was when I watched uh, Kirsten Cinema run for the Senate and Republican race, I actually watched the debates and everything around that. I, I developed a sense of respect for her. I thought she was really, really for, for the people. What she ran on was, in fact, healthcare. Um, she did, in fact, seem to align with workers rights she did in fact seem to align with people but for some reason earlier this year she stopped the minimum wage and now she's saying she want no tax increases and now kind of sort of not really helping on the healthcare side um i guess the thing is when you in the main street you like me and everyone else in america you want higher minimum wage you want better benefits you want corporation to stop stealing people's um, retirements and stuff like that after making billions in profit but when you get to the political class like she has it looks like um you become you know you basically tell your constituents to go um you know um just go screw themselves basically it seems um but i think she could be convinced um by the end of the day um if you pass healthcare reform <laughs> a lot of arizonans will be happy if you increase taxes to provide um, free childcare and um, cheap, or I wouldn't want to say free community college for people in Arizona and West Virginia, um, especially West Virginia, I do believe that that population get left out as the society was evolving. However, if you have now have childcare, you now have um, better job training, you now have um, free or more accessible education. That population have a good opportunity of catching up with the rest of America in the sense of, you know, they have better training, better skills in the 21st century fast-paced society. The average income for that state can go up. The average lifespan for that state can go up. The improvement of health can go up, which, you know, the state does not record well on that today. So I don't understand how um, a senator from West Virginia would not see that as the best interest of the people. Or a senator from Arizona would not say that as the best interest for happy people. So, end of the day, um, Democrats can blame Republicans for the debt ceiling crisis. They can levy the lack of immigration reform at the hands of the Senate parliamentarian. They can let healthcare fade because they're worried about two people from their caucuses or three voting against it. Um, end of the day, if all these things go down. Uh, the American people are probably not going to allow any of these excuses to stand. And boy, would not only independent media, but the right wing media use this and run with it. And there'll be political costs for Democrats in the future. And but more importantly, more important than that, there'll be deeper costs for the American society. So, can Democrats govern? We'll find out.